Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Well, it's time for uh, our message now, and we have a message, and uh, our, our word for this year is expectation. And Rob's going to, oh, Rob, Rod is going to <laughs> take us on. We're pressing into expectation, and, 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 and Rod is going to take us on that, bringing out a slant of expectation to help us. And we get to benefit today because um, Rod has drawn near to God to get this message. And so we get to benefit from his drawing close to God. So come on, Rod, let's have your message. Thank you. Good morning, Rock Church. If you're watching online, welcome. And if you're planning on leaving soon, uh, you're really going to be disappointed. But um, let, let me just start off with this. It's good to honor people. It's, it's so good to honor because God honors us as well. Okay, so it's good to show that towards people as well. But what I just want to highlight is I know that the heart of Chris was always ministry, going out into the, into the, the roads and streets and, and preaching to people and leading pre- people to Christ. That's always been Chris's heart. And we never had somebody in the church to encourage her in that feeling, that longing, that purpose that she felt inside of her. So it took God having to bring someone like Rob in here to actually work out that that she has on her heart. And that's the whole thing about God. Because she had a vision of herself doing this. But that vision that she had wasn't going to come to fruition on its own. She would have been so miserable, so despondent because she felt this burning desire to really preach the gospel. But she never could because the right tools and the right people were not in place. So it took God bringing someone like Rob into her sphere and then bringing that out of her. And now she can minister in that. And that is the whole thing about, first of all, your expectation. Each and every one of us has expectations. But do you have a godly expectation? Because I've got an expectation of winning the lottery sometime. Okay? When it rolls over to 110 million, and I think, you know what? I can win that 110 million. That's not a godly expectation. Why? Because 60 other million people are having that same expectation. 60 million people are wondering to themselves, do you know what? I can win that 110 million. And God would not put something on your heart and put it on the heart of 60 other million people. What God has for you is for you. The purpose that's in your heart 
It's something that's unique to you and you alone. You have to understand it because you are unique. You are unique as you're sitting here. The person sitting next to you might look the same as you. They might sound the same as, as you. But you are unique and the purpose and plans of God is unique over your life as well. Amen? Now, that's all part of my, my preach, but I've got 30 minutes to preach. I've already taken four minutes, but can we just add that four minutes onto it again? Okay? But I just wanted to say that to you. So, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Judges 1 from verse 11 to verse 15. I just want to say this. If you're not used to having your Bible with you, I would really recommend that you get yourself a Bible and that you bring your Bible to church. Or that if you don't have an actual physical paper Bible, that you have it on your phone. Because it's just easy to do that. Because I do find that when you leave here, you might not have actually made a note of the actual scripture. Okay? And not everybody's going to go back and, and listen to the word again. So I'd really encourage you for this year, try and find yourself a Bible. And read the Bible. Make notes in the Bible. Okay? So, Judges 1, I'm going to start reading from verse 11. From there, and this is the Israelites, they went against the inhabitants of Deba. The name of Deba was formerly Kiriath Sefer. And Caleb said, He who attacks Kiriath Sefer and captures it, I will give him Axa, my daughter, for a wife. What a great prize. Don't you think? If you do this thing for me, I'm going to give you my daughter. It doesn't matter how she looks like. She <laughs> might look like the dogs. Oh, I'm not even going to go there. doesn't matter what she looks like. But you know what? If you win this, you'll have a... I'll actually go to the back of the queue and say, you know what, buddy, you go and win. You, you go and do that and win her. But you know what? This is probably a great prize. It was a great prize because Caleb was a solid leader at that time. So marrying his daughter meant that you were upping yourself in your status was going up. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, captured it. And he gave him Axie, his wife, his daughter, for a wife. When she came to him, this is Axa, she's now going to her husband, Othniel. When she came to him, she urged him to ask her father for a field. Men, your women are always going to ask you for things. You might not think you need it. You might not want it. But they're going to ask you for it. And trust me, you're going to have to make sure that you get it for them. Okay? She didn't ask for jewelry. She didn't ask for a dinner date. She said, you have me now. You will go and ask my father for a field. For a field. Now, that might sound weird to some of us. But let me tell you this. This girl grew up with Caleb. Caleb grew up with Joshua. Caleb and Joshua were two of the spies who went into the promised land. And they, with 
with some other spies, and they were the ones who came back and had a good report, Caleb and Joshua. Okay, so Joshua and Caleb were always connected. Joshua was connected to Moses. Okay, so Caleb, of course, would have also been connected to Moses. So this girl would have grown up with his fantastic leaders. So she knew what it is when it comes to the things of God. Because she would have grown up hearing about the things of God all the time. So when she finally meets her husband, she had a plan already. Her expectation was high. So she had an expectation. When I get married, this and this and this and this is going to have to happen. But more than having an expectation of something, she had a vision for a life. You cannot have an expectation if you don't have a vision that's connected to that expectation. Because if you only have an expectation and no vision, then simply you have a wish list. You're only wishing something would happen. But AXA, when she got married, she had a vision. And she had a vision of a specific field. So she tells her husband, we are married now. You will go to my father and you will ask him for this field. Okay? The next thing she does, because of course, the father, would have, as part of the dowry, would have given them the field. But the next thing she does, let's read on. And when she had come to him, she urged him to ask her father for the field. Let me just read it from our Bible. This one's a bit different than I've written down. When she got off a donkey, so she then went to her dad. Caleb asked her. So she went to her dad after she got in the field. Caleb asked her, what can I do for you? And those who have kids, you know when your child wants something from you. They've got that look about them. They stand there. What, what, what is it? They just want something, and you know that they want something. Okay, so Caleb says to her, what can I do for you? What do you want? And she said to him, give me a blessing. Since you have set me in the land of the Negev, okay, this is the, the field that she'd asked her husband to ask for. Since you have set me in the land, give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. How fantastic is it that this girl, she wanted a specific field. She knew what she wanted. She had the vision of this field. But she didn't only want the field. She knew that if I have this field and I have the water around this field, I can actually farm this land. And this land would be a blessing not only to me and my husband, but to generations to come. This is the vision that this girl had for not only herself and her new husband, but for her entire 
family and families and generations to come. That is the power of having a vision. Now the thing is, and the question I want to ask you is, what is your vision? As we are sitting here as sons and daughters of God, what is the vision that he has placed on our lives? This, this story here is basically a, a type of Othniel is a husband. We can see him as a type of Christ. Okay, because he's gone and he's obtained for himself a bride. Same as Jesus done for us. We as his church, we're the bride of Christ. So Othniel is a type of Christ. And you'll find it through the book of Judges. There's these types of Christ. Those who reflect kind of the shadow of what Jesus was going to be like. Okay? So this girl, she knew her father. She knew her father. She knew what her father can and cannot do. She knew if she asked her father for something, that he will give it to her. How many of us know the Father? Do we really know the Father? Father God. So when we come to Him, do we come to Him with a wish list? Or we come to Him with fervent expectation, knowing that the thing that we've laid before Him is actually what He wants for us. That one thing that we have in our hearts, that, that connects with his heart. And he wants to give it to us. Not just that thing that we've asked for, but even more than that. She asked him for one spring, he gave it two. Father God gives you more than what you ask for. But we go through our lives, myself included, only asking God, for the immediate. Lord, will you bless me this day? Because I need this today. I need this by the end of this week. I need this soon. Lord, I need... We look at the immediate, but we're not looking generationally. Whereas the God that we serve, He's not only interested in you, He's interested in your children your children's children, your children's children's children. Are you looking that far ahead? Is your vision that far into the future? Can you see your children's children's children prospering because of the decisions that you've made right now? Or are we too selfish and only thinking about ourselves right now? Is, is that where we are? We're only thinking about ourselves. God's vision for your life, because remember, God has got a vision for your life. He didn't call you by accident. You are not an accident. Even if your parents told you this, even if your friends tell you this, you are not an accident. You will never be an accident in the eyes of God. It might have been 
that you weren't expected by your parents or by whoever birthed you. But before Father God, He loves you and He has a purpose for you. And He wants to work that purpose out in your life. He's got destiny over you. Destiny over you. But God has got a vision for what he wants you to accomplish. There's a work that you have to do. You're not supposed to only come to church and only sit here under the word and that is it. But God wants you to accomplish something in your life. And with that accomplishment, he also wants you to become something. That's why there is something in you that he works out every single day. He wants you to work, and that's why it's important that you stay under the word of God. Because the more you are under the word of God, the more this purpose, the more this working of God, the chipping away of who you were, works. Till eventually you reflect what he wants for you. The first key to understanding vision is to realize that it emanates, it comes from purpose. When you have a vision, that vision comes from purpose. What are you supposed to do? As a family, if you have a family, what are you as a family supposed to do for the body of Christ? Where do you see yourself, your family, in the body of Christ? Or do you just seem to think that you are here for church? You and your husband, or you and your wife, and you and your kids, you've got a plan and a purpose that you've got to work out. So which means that you need to have a vision for your family. On Friday evening, my wife and I went out finally on a date night. She's been um, asking me for months when we're going out on a date night. Um, and we managed to find a babysitter. Thank, thank the Lord we found a babysitter. And um, the two of us went out, and we were sitting down in the restaurant. And then she started taking out a book. And I thought, what's going on here? We, we're here to have a meal. But um, she took out a book. So um, she says, can we talk about the, the vision for our family? I said, oh my goodness. That's going to be a difficult uh, dinner. Uh, uh, but God must have really known that what I'm going to talk about, because I didn't tell her what I'm going to talk about today, that I was going to talk about vision. But God must have really placed it upon her heart that as a family, we need to talk about what's the vision for our family. And also we had to sit together as husband and wife and come together to that plan because first of all, it's not just my vision, it's our family's vision. So that's something that we need to, if, if you, husband and wife, I would really encourage you guys, when you go home together, when you go home today, sit down, 
ask yourself, what is God's vision for us? And more than just the vision for us, what is God's purpose for our family? Amen? Purpose is when you know and understand what you were born to accomplish. But vision is when you can see it in your mind by faith and begin to imagine it. That's the difference. Purpose is when you know and understand what you were born to accomplish. And unfortunately, many of us, we go through life and we never, ever come to know the plan and the purpose of God over our lives. I would put it this way. If I use Chris as an example. Chris had a burning desire for ministry. Okay? Street ministry. That's something that consumed her. Her every waking moment was spent thinking about this. How can I, how can I go out and minister to people? Okay? And I would say that that is your purpose. That thing that you can't stop thinking about. That thing that burns inside of you when you have that quiet moments before the Lord that's in your heart that says, oh, I really feel for this thing. I feel for, for, for married couples. I, I'm, I'm really worried about the youth. I'm really worried about, about the children in the church. I'm really worried about people that are sleeping rough. When you think about that all the time, that's God telling you, do you know what? I've put it upon your heart, upon your heart to go out and do something about that. But many times, we'd rather just turn around and say, I'm sure somebody else will do it. I can't speak in front of people. I don't know how to minister to people. And that's when you have to have the expectation, the prayers of expectation to say, Lord, bring me someone like Rob into my life. Someone who's going to teach me how to do this thing that you've placed upon my heart. So now my purpose can be worked out. Because now the vision that you see, that, that you've placed upon me, that I... But now I can see it clearly, the vision. It's not something that is now obscure. It's something that's clear. And that's why you need to start having some really faith and expectant prayers. But bold prayers. Really bold prayers. Because God did something so amazing when he brought people like Rob and Chandra to this church. God closed a church. Can you believe that? That God closed a church to bring the right people to this church. How amazing is the Lord that we serve? Because they couldn't see it at the time. Rob didn't know Chris at all. But when she prayed, God reached across 
the atmosphere and said, you know what? I've got the perfect person for Chris. I'm going to answer the dreams and the prayers that Chris has. And the way I'm going to answer it, I have to close a church. That's, that's the God that we serve. That he does something miraculous for our benefit. For our benefit. But you can't pray that prayer unless you have the purpose. You know the purpose of God over your life. And you've got the vision that he has over your life. We should have bold prayers for our family. These things that we have here, our eyes. The problem with this is that most of the time we are mainly guided by these things. By what we see in front of us. So, we are all children of God. But when I look at my circumstances, I'm losing my job. My life is falling apart. My kids hate me. I'm not talking to my family. These are things that we can see. We see these things to the point where we are then guided by these things. We are guided by what we see. And we're not guided by faith. We're not guided by the vision that God has over our lives. Because when you have a vision, a vision is something that's constant. Vision doesn't change. It doesn't change. Your circumstances change. Life happens to us, but the vision doesn't change. Let me just say that this year has been here since I arrived at the Rock Church five years ago. We see an enthusiastic, vibrant, and edgy church growing in West Bridgeford that births strong congregations in Bloodington, Cotgrave, and Keyworth. Currently, we have no church in Cotgrave, nothing in Keyworth, and we are about to kick off in Bloodington. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that, that deserves a hoo-hoo. The thing is, we could have said, do you know what? This vision is not working. Maybe we need to tone down this vision a little bit. Maybe we need to change this vision so that the vision then kind of falls in line with what we can see because we're now at lateral wall. So maybe the vision should say um, that both strong congregations in lateral wall. And that's it. But that's not how vision works even though some of us might never see this vision. This is God's vision. This is God's vision. So that vision will remain there. But the thing is, when you became a part of this church, you said to yourself, Lord, I want to be added to the Rock Church. And part of being added to the Rock Church means that you are added to the vision of the Rock Church. So when you come in here and you see that vision, this is not just Pastor Alistair and Pastor Kate's vision. This is this 
church's vision. So the, the fulfillment of that vision is part of your life. You should be praying over that vision as much as what you're praying over the vision of your family. Because when you look at that vision, you need to start asking yourself, okay, Cotgrave, am I close to Cotgrave? Do I know people in Cotgrave? Can I do something in Cotgrave? Keyworth, am I close to Keyworth? You need to start looking at how do you fit into that vision, not how that vision fits into you. Because sometimes we want God to be aligned to what we want to do, not according to how we can fall in line with what God wants to do. So when you look at that vision, how can you fit yourself into that vision? When you have a vision for your family, your children, they have to be a part of that vision. Your children can't have their own vision. Let me just say this. That vision is both corporate and vision is personal. It's personal because a personal, personal vision will always be found in the corporate. Okay? We'll always find a personal vision within the corporate. But it's not God's method to give a vision to a group. God gives a vision to a person. And that person takes a group with him. When God gave the vision to Moses and to Abram, he gave it to that singular person. And they took people along with him. Pastor Alistair, when he had that vision, that's his vision for this church. But all of us, are part of that vision. So all of us are taken along on that vision. The eyes, I mentioned a little bit about the eyes. The eyes can also be a good thing. Can also be a good thing. If you see Abram, when God told him that he'll be the father of many nations, what did God do to him? God took him outside and told him, look at the stars. Look at the stars. So he could visualize it. He could visualize it. And the problem is that sometimes, because we don't write down our vision, we can't visualize it. I would really encourage each and every one of us, if you have a vision, to write it down. This year, 2024, let 2024 be the year when you have a clear vision that is written down. That you have written down the vision. Say, this is the vision God has for my family. Write it down. Why? Because we know that in Habakkuk, what does it say in the book of Habakkuk? What's that, Joss? No, that's not Habakkuk. Come on. That's... Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad that someone could actually read what's on the, on the screen. 
write the vision down, the Lord says to Habakkuk. Okay, make it plain on tablets. When you write the vision down, make sure that your vision is plain. Not a complicated vision. Okay, you write your vision down, you make it plain, so he may run with it. Someone may run with it. Someone may go with it. Okay? So, for the vision awaits its appointed time. Vision is not always for the year now. Vision has its appointed time. And that appointed time might not be in your lifetime. But as long as you're prepared for the vision, as long as you know that I've prepared my children, my children's children, my children's children's children for that vision, that in the appointed time it will come to pass for your family. And over this church, we'll see the congregations being birthed. Amen. But what Joshua's saying was, Proverbs 29 verse 18 that says, where there is no prophetic vision, where there's no vision or there's no revelation, my people perish. If you don't have a vision, if you don't have revelation, if you don't have purpose in your life, the word of God says you'll perish. Why? Because if you have nothing that you set your heart to, nothing to take a hold of, nothing to have an expectation for, You'll be like a ship on the oceans, going from one thing to the other. From the one revelation to the next, you're trying to find something. That's why you find people hopping from one church to the other. Unfortunately, because they're not set on the vision of God. So my wife was just giving me signs. She's saying, wrap it up, but I still have two, three more pages. As you can see. So, let me just wrap it up this way. The, the band can come up. When we talk about vision, just a few pointers. Your vision, like Habakkuk says, it must be clear. You must have a clear vision. Caleb asked Axa in the beginning, what do you want? And she knew exactly what she wanted. She wanted a stream. She knew exactly what she wanted. Do you know what you want from God? Are you clear about what you want from God? And are you sure that aligns with the word of God? Secondly, develop a plan to accomplish your, your vision. Why a plan? Because if you don't have a plan, you will miss opportunities. If you don't have a plan, when the opportunities come, you will miss those opportunities. So have a vision, have a plan. Write it down. Thirdly, develop faith for your vision because you can't trust your eyes develop faith for your vision even though things are going wrong even though you feel at the lowest point in your life have faith 
in the vision that God has for your family. Have faith. Don't trust your eyes. Your eyes will lead you astray. Lastly, trust the process. If it's not going good, trust the process. If it's going good, trust the process. If you are uncertain, trust the process. Why? Because the process is for your own good. Sometimes we need to be disciplined. That's part of the process. Discipline is part of the process. Sometimes we need our ups because that's part of the process. We need to have a few wins in our lives. That's part of the process. But God also keeps us firmly rooted by having our downs. And we keep singing, He's the God of the mountain and He's the God of the valley. But when we're going through the valley, then we say, Lord, I don't want to be in the valley. But trust the process and trust the vision that God has over your life. Amen.